Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Friday, February 11, 2022, with another magnificent show coming up for you tonight. Andrew Gross and Newsday will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I am fantastic, Sean. Yeah! Sorry, I apparently had to change it up from last week. <laughs> That's what I like to hear! But yeah, everything's uh, everything's peachy. Yeah, everything's Islanders good. Islanders hockey games. So. Ready for uh, Stupa Bowl weekend? It's going to be great. Greatest, be great. Greatest trophy in sports. Go, uh, go Bengals. Go Bengals. Okay. Okay. Welcome well, to the show, everybody. I mean, do you even <coughs> have a rooting interest? I mean, do you really care? I'm shocked I, you know I, who the Bengals are, actually. I honestly am going for the Bengals. Did I want to see the under, under, underdog win. The underdog. Yeah. Do you know who their quarterback is? You, you said it last week, and it's already Burrow. You said it last it Burrow? week. You did, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So there you go. I know the one guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Is that how you chose who you are rooting for? You knew one guy on one, on one of the teams? So that's my no, team. because they've been god-awful forever. And, you know, underdog, best helmet in the league by far. See, here I thought you were going to try and make some sort of Isles connection by saying Cincinnati Bengals uh-huh. was the team that Boomer Siason played for, as, as well as the New York Jets. Boomer Siason is the is this father-in-law of Matt Martin, who currently plays for the New York Islanders. That's the, that's the second reason. Okay, there we yeah, go. Yeah, there it is. That's, there you go. Go Bengals. Let's go. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night. NY and your favorite podcast providers. We are proud to be presented by RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It is the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game. Head down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HDTVs, and in game sound. Also, happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and UBS Arena at Belmont. They're an official partner of the New York Islanders. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. For all the great offerings. Also, happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you are tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And happy to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations at the Islanders' brand new arena at UBS Arena and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can also visit the tap room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages. And all you folks in the chat right now, get your questions ready for the questions brewing segment brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company. So, Christian. That's me. Yeah, that is you all day, every day. Friday night show. Rare here, but again, because of the Super Bowl weekend, we kind of have to switch things up. So you got a little Isles Oilers pregame show going right. on here. Only one game in the books since Sunday, our last show, but against the Canucks. Uh, a big win for the Islanders, a huge first period. So they start the Western Canada trip pretty good. What do you say, CA? Yeah, it's, it's exactly how you wanted to start it off, right? There's a lot of momentum after a big win over Vancouver, and that's exactly what they needed to do, right? They're taking it one game at a time, as, as the cliche goes, and that's kind of where their focus is. I think everyone knows the circumstances surrounding where the Islanders are at this point in the year. Uh, you know, everyone in the locker room, the coaching staff, you know, management, everyone like that, and I think the nice thing to see is that the belief still is there, right? Like, they're... No one's thrown in the towel just yet, which is, yeah. which is a great sign for the Islanders and certainly needed considering where they stand. So uh, you can't be mad with the effort, uh, at least in the first period. In the second <laughs> right. and third, maybe maybe yeah. could have been a little bit better, but but certainly in that first period, that's what you wanted to see. And, and honestly, in a game like that, those are the games you can kind of afford to make those little, those little mistakes that are going to cost you. The question becomes what happens when you start playing the Edmontons and the the uh, Calgarys and and some of the other teams that are gonna are gonna be able to light you up when they're when they're playing well. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Edmonton has a new coach now. Mm-hmm. They have Evander Kane, who's actually been playing well. He's gotten to five games. He has two goals, two assists, so yeah. he's putting up points. Easy to do when you're pray- playing next to Leon Dreisaitl on the second line. So he's paid dividends so far. It'll be interesting to see how this new coaching change with Dave Tippett being out and uh, just see how that you know works out with Jay Woodcroft taking over. I don't know much about Jay Woodcroft, right. to be honest with you. He's, uh, he's not one of the old guard. You know, you, you usually com- seem to complain about the recycling of, of either managers or coaches, so maybe this is one of those rare instances where you tip your hat to you know, the fact that they didn't go with somebody. I mean, I think it was current. more or less someone they... More or less, the you get back there, right? Right. It was <laughs> right. more circumstance than anything yeah, else. That's usually right. what happens. They bring up an ECHL, uh, ECHL, AHL coach, or right. um, you know, some one of the assistants. I have, I believe he was an assistant, but I'm not 100 percent sure about that. But I, I mean, it, I, you know, it's it's a guy that I can't imagine will be around longer than this year for for the Edmonton Oilers, depending on what they do. Maybe they go and well, you know, if you go by history, he he won't be. <laughs> <laughs> because right. I was looking at it, and it, I think this is – it's close if it's not correct, but it's, I think, the fourth coach in five years for Connor McDavid or something like that. But yeah. it's the 12th yeah. coach in 11 years for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I saw that one too, yeah. That is unbelievable. More coaches in less years. I mean, it's just been – wild up there they, they've been wasting these first round draft picks they've been getting all these years i mean they had what maybe one or two seasons where they made the playoffs but i mean overall you get bringing these guys nugent hopkins taylor hall connor mcdavid leon drysaddle they've had they don't have anything i mean to that's show always been the knock on on edmonton they for years they lose and lose and lose and get these high draft picks and then they just can never do anything with them right and, and that's I guess some people's point of why there's maybe unhappiness between Connor McDavid and, and the organization mm-hmm. or why there might be a chance for him to leave and go somewhere else. I mean, a lot of that's speculation, obviously, but certainly he can't be happy with the way things have gone on up there during the course of his year and his career, I should say. And this seemed like to be the year, this seemed to be the year that maybe Edmonton finally was going to do something and be a little bit more dangerous getting yeah. to the postseason, making some noise in the postseason, and um, maybe finally getting Edmonton a, a cup since, what was it, the, the 80s that they won the last one to stay in the cup? They might. I think they won in 90. 90, okay. So 90 it's been, might have been that fifth one? It's been a long With time. With Messier when Gretzky was gone? Gretzky was gone? I almost I think I said Gretzky. <laughs> or something close to it. it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah, they just can't get it together. But that's who the Islanders are playing tonight. So you get a coaching change. The cliche is you get a little jump out of the team, trying to impress the new guy. We'll see. I mean, look. The Oilers, just like the Islanders, they're they're on the outside looking into the playoffs. Although they're not as far away as the Islanders are, uh, I believe they're they got four point four games in hand on the Ducks, who have that second wild card spot. And I think they're about mm, I don't have it in front of me, but they're 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 about eight points or something like that behind. But um, they still have a little bit of, a little bit of ways to go. Six behind, excuse me, six behind Anaheim. Four games in hand. They lost their last two. They're fifth in the Pacific. Twenty three, eighteen, and three. Yeah, not exactly where. Not exactly where you thought their season would be, considering the uh, the talent they have on that roster, right? Which is uh, which is insane. So you know the Islanders get an opportunity tonight to go in there and and you know maybe maybe be a little bit of a spoiler here, right? It's, it's an opportunity for them to go in and continue their their good streak. Do, does Barry Trot stick with some of the new lineups that he the lines that he he moved around the other game, which you know I openly made fun of on social media, but it, it worked <laughs> for them. But here's the thing with that, right? Okay. It worked for one game against the Vancouver Canucks. My concern is I'm sure a lot of people's concern is that's not sustainable for an extended period of time. Is Cal Clutterbuck really going to work out on the top line for more than a game here and there is is that really going to work? So I I don't know I um I don't either. It worked for one game. Maybe Barry changes things up again. Who knows at this point? You know, the, uh, you can say the nice thing with where the Islanders are is that the pressure isn't nece- necessarily on them anymore because nobody expects them to make the playoffs or, or do much at this point. So mm. the, if you're being positive and looking at kind of a glass half full situation. The Islanders have room to kind of experiment and figure things out and, um, you know, get a little creative. You can put Cal Clutterbuck on the first line against the Vancouver Canucks because, you know, no one expects it to work. And at this point, everyone expects you guys, the the team, not to do much noise at this point or make much noise at this point. So, I don't know. I mean, I think being positive right now, have a little fun with it. Mix it up. 
be a little creative. Well, they had fun with it with five goals in the first period. Yeah, right? Three it goals worked. in 31 seconds, the longest since, I think, 83, I Jeez. believe, for the Islanders. That was a 20-second goal outburst uh, for th- three goals. So it's been a long time. And then they, they put up five in the whole first period. But then, like you said, the second period, it was all Canucks. They took yeah. over. And the Islanders didn't really show up again until the fu- within, like, the final ten minutes of the game. But we've seen that storyline from the Islanders a lot this season. Yeah, except they're usually not padded with a five-goal. Right. <laughs> so they were, they were able to, you know, let in a few goals, right. and it really wasn't a big deal. And right. then you had the nail in the coffin with that great goal from Matt Martin that, right. that Sezika set up. So, you know... Positives and negatives. Are you gonna? You're not gonna put up five goals in the first period typically. No. So like, it's a nice win. It's nice to get your first game on the road heading out to Western Canada. Absolutely. First game after the All Star break. Yeah. So it's great to get the win. They were able to hang on to it. But if you look at the the whole picture of the game, it it wasn't perfect. So there's still work to be done. So it doesn't mean they're just gonna go into Edmonton tonight or Calgary tomorrow. And it's going to be easy peasy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're, they're going to have to play a full 60 minutes. They're, they're not going to get the goal lead that they had. And no. they're, going to have to, they're going to have to put a complete game together. And that's been the biggest issue this entire season. I think the only time we've ever seen them really play a complete game has been that, that Winnipeg game back in, what, what was that, November? Yeah, we keep going back to that game. Because that, <laughs> that was by far their best game of the year. Yeah. Uh, hands down, bar none. Even, even on the Barry Trotz meter of, of where their, their effort was, mm-hmm. um, I think he put it at 80%, if I remember correctly. But uh, you look at the, their performance, that was all around their best performance. It was, it was the most complete we've seen it, so... We'll see. We will. We'll pick it up. But, folks, we got a break because Andrew Gross of Newsday is going to join us. Thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. We'll be right back. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum thai technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com that's thai t-i-e technology.com thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service and welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. Christian Arnold, Sean Cuthbert. With me as always, and it's that time of the show, of course, on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And with us on the line is New York, is Newsday's New York Islanders beat writer and overall great guy and great drummer and apparently hip-hop extraordinaire, Andrew Gross. <laughs> Andrew, how are you, my friend? Yeah, I see what you did there, Christian, and very, very <laughs> impressed. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you, Andrew, and we appreciate you coming on. We know the Islanders dropped the puck with the Edmonton Oilers in just about 45 minutes from now up in Edmonton, Ontario, Canada, and Andrew, certainly after that game against the Vancouver Canucks, Islander fans have to be feeling a little bit 
better considering the way that first period played out anyway. What did you make of the game against the Canucks and obviously the shuffle of the lines by head coach Barry Trotz? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I as Barry said, I, I think he's trying to grab some guys' attention. And I know, you know, I can already hear the, the Twitter feedback that, well, <laughs> you know, why, why was Josh Bailey still on Brock Nelson's line then? But honestly, you know, throwing Cal Clutterbuck and, and Ross Johnson into the top six and putting Anthony Beauvillier on Casey Sezikis's line, that's, that's pretty eye-opening. I think that 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 did the, the the desired effect of grabbing some people's attention. I I don't know if they can sustain it with that kind of lineup. Um, I mean, this is the team that went to Game Seven of the NHL Final Four mm. with Leo Komarov on, <laughs> on the top line. But you know, I, I don't know that it's sustainable with Cal and and Ross Johnson in the in the top six on a consistent basis. But you know, on the other view, as I wrote today for, uh, you know, Newsday, Anthony Beauvillier didn't look out of place with Sezikis and Martin. Um, and that line was very productive with, with two goals. So, you know, some good, uh, some good came out of it. Look, I, 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 I know the Canucks were on a back-to-back, but if Thatcher Demko starts that game, I'm not sure the Islanders are scoring five goals in the first period. Interesting. Andrew, I'm curious. We were just talking about it actually now, um, Sean and I, about how where where do the Islanders kind of go from here with, with the lineup? And, and now that you're kind of in the second half of the season and the expectations, at least from the outside, are not as high, obviously, with everything that's gone on with the New York Islanders. Do you see the Barry Trotz getting more creative and being more loose with their with their lineups and lines and, and putting guys in different places going forward? He said this over and over that there, there's you know there's no time to waste now. He can't mm-hmm. wait for guys to to find themselves. Um, whether he puts that into action or not is is really the bigger question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Kiefer Bellows can't seem to find his way back into the lineup. Oliver Wallstrom can't seem to find his way uh, onto Matthew Barzell's line, and that's really you know, two of the bigger questions. Well, you know, if you have these young guys and you're not doing well, don't you want to take a look and, and, and stretch them out? But that's not really Barry and Lou's way. They're, they're much more deliberate when they develop the young guys. And, uh, you know, I, I think for sure we've seen that Oliver Wallstrom is a big part of this team's future. I'm not so sure about Kiefer Bellows. I, I don't know whether he really you know, whether Lou and Barry really think that he's going to help this franchise moving forward or not. Um, you know, but you, you want to find that out uh, <laughs> over the, the last, uh, was it 40, you know, 40, how my math 42. is off. Well, this, yeah, well, for, yeah, 42 games. This is game 41 <laughs> tonight, right? Yes. Um, so, you know, it, it's funny. It seems like we've been talking about this since the second week of the season. <laughs> Right. Um, Barry just has never settled on a definitive top line. Uh, and it all shakes out from there. You know, Josh Bailey's been used up there. Hasn't really been that productive. Kyle Palmieri's gotten a few sniffs here or there. We, we know Kyle Palmieri hasn't been productive there. Anthony Beauvillier got one game and now Cal Clutterbuck. It really does seem like everyone, but Oliver Wallstrom is, is being used in that spot. So, uh, and 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 you know what? I, I know the fans don't get it, but I, I understand Barry's rationale that, you know, if you're on the top line and if a guy still has some holes in his game in terms of uh, intensity on a shift to shift basis where we're, where he's playing at the same level uh, from one shift to the next and also at the same level of defensive responsibility. And, and if that kind of roller coasters a little bit from shift to shift. I, I understand in that context why Oliver Wallstrom is not getting top line minutes because if he's on that top line, he's going to be defending against other teams' top lines and you can't have Matthew Barzell's line consistently in the defensive zone. Right. But, you know, I, I, I get that point. On the other hand, and without trying to waffle too much, I also... 
I, I, I'm very curious to see what Oliver Wallstrom would do in that spot. And I, I really hope that, that at some point Barry Trotz gets curious enough also. Yeah, Andrew, you got to figure at some point, at least you hope, that Barry Trotz is going to eventually trust Wallstrom enough to give him a go up there because everybody's been just, you know, calling for it since, you know, the, it feels like the beginning of time now. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I, I mean, you also look you also look back, I think you can use the way they developed Noah Dobson for context because mm-hmm. yeah, he really served a two-season apprenticeship where he would get some games, they would pull back on him. Yeah. They would, you know, it, it was kind of two two steps forward, one step back, and and it, it was a very deliberate apprenticeship over two seasons. And now you're you're really reaping the rewards of that because Noah Dobson has blossomed into a guy that you can envision as a top pair defenseman for a long, long time here. Um, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, Sorry. I'll play devil's advocate on that one, Andrew, because the Islanders probably had the horses that allowed them to do that with Dobson, where they had a more trustworthy defense back then. The problem with Wallstrom right now is nobody's scoring goals, and everybody says, well, Wally can score. Wally can score. He can. He has a shot. And I think that's why people are a little more restless now about Wallstrom compared to fans maybe being a little more patient watching Dobson being you know, um, eased into the lineup. Yeah, sure. No, that that's a very fair point. Um, and, and the other thing to throw out there is, I think w- w- Wally has what ten ten goals this season. Uh, am I looking at that correctly? Yeah, uh, yeah I was looking at uh, it the other day actually. Yeah, leading into last week's show, and and he was pretty much on half a point game, uh, point pace per game, which isn't terrible, especially for a young guy like him. Yeah, but I think five of those ten goals have come on the power play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I and 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 again, you can you can argue both sides of the coin there. Well, that's because he's not playing on a top line. He's getting <laughs> you know getting third line minutes. He's only playing ten to twelve minutes a game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, you know, five five on five goals this season is not necessarily the production you'd want out of a guy who has a shot like that. Um, So I, I, again, I can see both sides of the coin like that. I Mm -hmm. think at some point, I I think Barry's just going to have to be, because like you say, no one else is producing there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, unless, you know, Lou magically pulls Vladimir Tarasenko out of a hat, you know, <laughs> I, I think at some point you're going to have to take the training wheels off and really see what you got. Yeah. And I think Barry Chots might be a little quicker to, to go that route if, and when the Islanders kind of decide that they're, they're, you know, a little too far out to get back in, but I guess he's going to play it the way he sees it as far as, as, as long as he thinks they still got a shot to get back in. But just speaking of, of this lineup, and, and I guess what Barry Trotz seems to have a tendency to do, and most coaches in general, after you get a win, you don't really tinker with the lineup. You send it right back out there. So do you think that's what they're going to do tonight? Is there any chance of Kyle Palmieri getting back in? Obviously, he was out with the birth of his child. Do you think they, they might let him have, a, have another seat tonight because of the success they had on Wednesday, or do you think he gets back in tonight? Um, I, I was trying to glean you know, read the tea leaves when Barry was talking this morning. I, I, I'm pretty certain that, you know, uh, that, that clutter is still going to skate with Barzell and Lee. And I know Wally and Parisi are, is going to be on Pajot's wings and Bo will be with Sezikis and Martin. But with Nelson, uh, I really, I, I could, I, I, I could see him certainly, going back to Palmieri there for Ross Johnson. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that just, it just, you know, and, and I'm not trying to denigrate Ross Johnson at all because every time he goes in, he does, you know, what Ross Johnson does. And, and he's, he's got better hands and he's a better skater now than people, you know, probably give him credit for, but he's really, you know, in a second line role, how much he's not really going to produce there. And his, uh, how many minutes I'm looking at, uh, you know, Ross, Ross played 1331, um, in the game. And do you really want Ross getting more minutes than Oliver Wallstrom? I, I, you know, I, 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 I could see, 
I, I could see Kyle going back in tonight for sure. Talking with Andrew Gross here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Andrew, obviously Edmonton on the docket tonight, Calgary tomorrow, Buffalo next week, and then the big bad Boston Bruins come to UBS Arena. That's obviously quite the important stretch for the Islanders, considering where they're standing right now in, in the playoff picture and, and the rest of the season. When you look at this at this next set of games, the next three, four set of games, how how critical are they for the direction of not only where things are going to head during the trade deadline, which is now, I guess, a little under a month away at this point, uh, and really the, the rest of their season as far as playoff hopes. Yeah, no, I wrote during the All-Star break, you know, looking ahead to the uh, second half, that Lou Lamarillo needs to make up his mind on what he's really got with this group before the team takes off for Seattle. And uh, they play in Seattle, I think it's on February 22nd, which is just under a month before the trade deadline. So I agree, this stretch here, you know, if they continue to, you know, win one, lose one, win two, you know, lose one, just kind of continue to tread water. I I think Lou and Barry have to, you know, take a a really solid, I think they have to believe their eyes at that point after the stretch is over before they go on that West Coast trip. Andrew, and obviously the game is about to start in about, uh, what is it now, Less, a, little, a little more than half hour, so we will let you go. But I do have one question for you. Obviously, Super Bowl Sunday coming up. What is <laughs> what is Andrew Gross's big Super Bowl Sunday plans? And, I, and obviously, in the same breath, what is Andrew Gross's go-to Super Bowl snack? snack uh well i'll always eat popcorn but no here here's the plan we're gonna wake up early wake up early sunday morning right uh and it's gonna be a late night with the calgary game but wake up early sunday Mm. morning take out the uh the 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 slow cooker and load it up and and make a you know just kind of simmer some chili all day long and have it ready for for kickoff at 6 30 and just a nice hearty chili with some cornbread for the game and then you know you get the assorted you know probably make some wings on the side i would think and nice. uh are you a hot you wings know, guy andrew you like them hot or mild medium no i like them hot you okay. Know, All hey, right. Everyone needs some spice in their life, Kristen. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> no, is there any big special specialty I obviously the chili, but anything other than that that you or your wife make during your uh, your little Super Bowl extravaganza? Uh, w- that we make. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I know some very people... interested in the well, gross cru- cuisine. Well, so on Super Bowl no, Sunday. no, no, because some people go go uh, go very big. Uh, yeah. There, there's one person who, who Andrew and I both know works for works for NHL.com. I'm not talking about Brian Compton, but a, a different person that we know who used to intern for the Islanders. That his family goes huge. They have mm. a lot of people over homemade wings. I mean, food left and right. It, it's insane. I was just curious if Andrew does anything big like that. I mean, we've gone hog wild in past Super Bowls <laughs> where, you know, you, you have the hot dogs and the popcorn and, you know, the, the cake that's shaped like a football Ooh. and you got chips all over the place. and <laughs> All know. over the place, all over the house. There's yeah. just chips. You turn yeah, around, and then, and there's chips behind and you. Then, and then, you know, you eat all that and then you, you, you bring out the second round for the... Uh, for the uh, for the halftime show in the second half, but I I will say having gotten to this point in my life where I'm you know conservatively you know probably thirty to forty pounds that I should probably part with at some point. Um, I, I I might pull back on the range and just limit it to some chili and hot wings and, and go from there. Well, well, Andrew, Heartburn City. Everybody in the well, chat is on to Christian well, here. I, they I they mean, know he's just looking for an invite. Here. I'm really That's, not. I'm Oh, Christian, (laughs) if you you want to make the two-hour drive to my abode. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that semi-offer, Andrew, but I wasn't fishing for an offer. We will will crack something special out for you. Oh, wow. Let's see. Some apple juice? Yeah, apple juice. We get some juice boxes. Plus out the crackers? Yeah, we'll we'll do the bar mitzvahs. The animal cookies. 
had some chicken <laughs> fingers, some French fries, a little mac and cheese for you. Mac and cheese sounds good. I, I won't, I'll never turn them down to mac and cheese. Andrew Gross, New York Islanders beat writer from Actually, from Newsday. Here, if, oh. you, if you really, if you really want to get in depth the game. with this, <laughs> <laughs> no, go on, Andrew. I'm listening. Yeah, you you take some uh, some pineapple, right? Okay, and you, you you put it on a skewer, and then you wrap some bacon around that, oh. and you kind of and you kind of cook up the, uh, the, the, the 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 pineapple rate wrapped up, or yeah, the the pineapple wrapped with bacon, and that 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 taste combination is insane. Well, now I will Sounds have to awesome. try that. I figure yeah. out how, how to make that work. But Andrew Gross, New York Islanders beat writer from Newsday. Andrew, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you your thoughts on the the James Harden Ben Simmons swap. We'll for save that for out. we'll save that for another time, obviously. But uh, well, no, I'll, I mean, I'll give you I, I'll give you thoughts on that. Yeah, go ahead. Why not? Like I don't understand the NBA. That's great. And and, and what do I. the players. I don't understand what the players are allowed to get away with. How they, they it, it, it's, it's, you know, the lunatics running the asylum. It really is. <laughs> Listen, there. I think there's one thing you can say. I, I'm, I would bet a million dollars. NHL players looked at what happened on 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 Thursday afternoon and went, "Boy, we are. We would love to have that kind of say. We would love to have that kind of authority with the well, NHL." I, I mean, um, also. Uh, as I'm just typing out that Ilya Sorokin is going to play goal tonight. <laughs> nice. Uh, Live a, Breaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I, I was also thinking that, you know, how many NHL players, and I know, you know, there are disgruntled players. Mm. You know, we can all talk. You know, the, the We're Leas Islander fans, Anderson. we know. <laughs> Connor yeah, McDavid's first know. that comes we, to mind. We, we've been, like, it's it's always like you know you go through like two or three seasons before you get you know a situation where a player just flat out quits on a team and you know it it just seems in the nba you got guys quitting like every third game you know nah i don't like this i don't want to play for this team you know and and i know i sound like the old man screaming at the kids to get off my lawn but I, I, as a as as a sports fan, it, it, it's completely offensive to me. I mean, James Harden has quit on two teams in thirteen months. I mean, you know what he should do? I, I you know, you know how the NBA would be at its best is if just every player was an island onto himself, and it was just one on one. And you would have James Harden against LeBron James. And then you couldn't be unhappy with the team you're on <laughs> because you're only unhappy with yourself. Because <laughs> it's, 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 it's just mind-boggling. And, and I will say this. I love reading NBA reporting. But NBA reporting is never about the game. It's always about what's going to happen next season or the player movements or why. I mean... Take James Harden out of it. Ben Simmons did not play for over half a freaking season because he was criticized in a playoff game, rightfully so, because he wouldn't put up a shot. I mean, and that caused him to sit out a half a season. It's it's unfathomable. <laughs> Andrew, I love the strong opinions. I have no idea what you were just talking about for the past seven minutes, but I love the passion, and I always love you coming on the show. And uh, you got a game to watch. Everybody else has a game to watch. We'll let you get out of here. Thank you so much for giving us some time tonight, and we'll have you back on soon, Andrew. I can just see you guys crossing my name out. Like, No, absolutely not. I love it. I love it. I think you're absolutely wrong about the NBA, but I love it. I love it. Andrew, we really appreciate your time as always, man. Go cover that game, and uh, right. we're going to talk real soon, all right? All right. I'll see you guys back at UBS. Be well. <laughs> Sounds Take good. Care, Andrew. Take care. Andrew Gross from Newsday with us on the line, brought to you by our wonderful, wonderful friends and sponsors over at High Technology. <laughs> yes. Thank you, as always, to them, and thank you, as always, to Andrew Gross, bringing the fire not only with the Islanders, but, the fire. but with the NBA and the uh, headline it's- stories that have, that have – 
captured New York City's and every, every sports fan's attention then, of course, is uh, Ilya Sorokin starting tonight against the Edmonton yes, Oilers. Yes, live update on the, <laughs> on the air here. But, yeah, it's, I read his initial reaction to the question so wrong. I thought he was going to keep it brief and basically no, say, No, I no, no, I knew he wasn't. The man had wasn't. opinions. No, Andrew and I have talked off, uh, off there. I knew so he has set opinions. it up. You knew yeah, what was I knew what was coming. Uh, I, knew, I knew how he feels about how okay. the NBA culture. Yeah, I'm still uh, not sure how I feel about you trying to wedge the this you know basketball thing into the show now just because you cover the nets i do it just to be funny mm. i do it just do you think I, you are i find it funny so i don't care I don't, everyone else can uh, i see it's self it's entertainment for yourself yeah exactly gotcha and that's really again if you have if you're new to the show or if you've <laughs> i guess not understood the dynamic you learn very quickly that christian arnold is a selfish bastard as, <laughs> <laughs> but but obviously a ton to talk about with the islanders still obviously you look at tonight's game the importance and and i do want to talk about the importance of just the stretch coming up because we we talked about it and we looked at looked at it a little bit last show but mm-hmm. really when you look at this game you look at saturday's game in calgary the game against the um who are they playing on tuesday why is that escaping my buffalo mind? buffalo right sorry buffalo sabers and then back the buffalo here soldiers use a buffalo soldier right now that sounds delicious <laughs> um and 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 the boston bruins kind of those are really important games not only for the sense of the islanders kind of crawling their way back into the playoff picture but obviously a bigger picture where did the islanders go from here with the trade deadline creeping up and creeping up and creeping up because before we know it it's gonna be here and the islanders and lula morello and barry trotz are gonna have to make a decision what is this new york islanders team and which direction is the franchise going this year and into next year yeah, and it's become much more of a discussion on this show because, you know, right now it looks like the trade deadline is going to be a little more important for them yeah. than we thought it was going to be. Not I mean, in you the could argue. Yeah, I mean, you could argue were they going to acquire somebody for a run if they were in the mix. Sure, but I don't think they would even if they're. It in would the be mix. tough. Yeah. I mean, look, I think. Look, I mean, it's it's right now. It's fantasy land. I hope. In a month, we're talking about the possibility of grabbing Chikrin. Right, <laughs> right, Arizona, right, right, right. That would be wonderful. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to be there just because they're going to play in a college rink. I mean, I mean, we we went to bat on that a lot last week, and 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 I'm I am certainly open <laughs> to go some more, but just because we we're, we're going up against game time here at nine o'clock, we we can we can shelve that for for next yeah. time. But yeah, I mean, at least three years. There's nothing definite. They don't even know if a, the building in temp is going to even happen. It's just I don't get it's it. It's just wild. Uh, it is wild. So. I don't know. Is is he going to want to play there? Is anybody? Well, I mean, that, I think I, honestly, I think that's part of the discussion now. When you look at the trade deadline and look at what some of the other teams are going, I think Chickering is is not on the board regardless for the Islanders, considering where they are at this point in the season. And well, it, it would be it would be silly for them in their current standing to go out and acquire a guy like right. that for the price it would be at the trade deadline. Right. Oh, you 100%. get a guy like that over the summer when there's not everybody competing for for guys like that to, to bolster their chances for the playoffs. But again, we're up against the clock here, so why don't we get to what's on tap? Okay, let's get it to what's on tap. Great. <laughs> and now it's time for what's on tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. Grill, grill. That's right, folks. Time for what's on tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels. So, Christian, what is on tap? Well, as we've been talking about, the Islanders have a busy slate of games coming up for uh, the next couple weeks, really. Edmonton tonight, Calgary on Saturday at 10 p.m., another late one. Buffalo on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. the 15th at 7 p.m., followed by their first home game of the... Uh, first home game since the All-Star break, I should say, right. uh, against the Boston Bruins. And that obviously becomes a big game considering the team that the Islanders are chasing is the Boston Bruins. And Boston has found themselves in a bit of a... Yeah, a bind? Bind, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll obviously be without one of their key players who was suspended for six games. Did you see the, what he did? I did. Not great. Not a great look. <laughs> Not great. Terrible Not great. look. Not Awful. Great. Awful. I mean... He he punches the guy in the head and he spears him. I mean, it was a light jab with the stick, but he still hit him in the face with the stick. <laughs> uh, it's never really a light light uh, uh, I mean, jab he was with skating the stick. By and he kind of just tried to float the stick at him. I mean, you don't do it either way. It's obviously something that needs to be punished. But I mean, thank thank goodness he didn't literally jab the guy's face with a stick. But but I mean, 
look, this guy has a reputation. He gets six games. Do you think that was appropriate for what he did? I, I think so. I mean, listen, I'm sure people in Boston, because Brad Marchand is such a saint and obviously never has done anything, anything wrong in his life and plays such clean hockey that uh, this is obviously just a, just a rare thing in his career. I'm sure they're up in arms and we're, we're frustrated and furious, but I, I, I think six games is fair. I think, okay. I, I think personally – would have given him an extra game or two just because I don't like him, but that's that's a personal <laughs> issue. Um, there's a reason why they call him the Rat, and he's, he lives up wow. to that name. Yeah, and he's embraced it. You saw him posing with the the, the fans with a sign. I don't know, it was a couple of years ago. They they basically had a sign with him looking like a rat or whatever, and he embraced. It. He knows he knows he's a heel, but uh, he just goes too far, man. I mean, that stuff is that's that's a clown show. But uh, somebody in the chat actually, I think it was. Uh, I think it was MJ Beckman asked, does anybody know what set him off? I'm actually curious, too. I'm not 100% sure. It I'm was sure words. It was words. Yeah. I'm it sure was, something You happened. could see them kind of... Jawboning. Yeah, back and forth. Who knows what they were saying, but obviously there's something <laughs> that he didn't like that, that, that made him lose it, really. Listen, Marshan's an interesting guy, too, because if you think about it, obviously this occurs, but he's also been very vocal with some of the other things going on in the league as far as... The Olympics. Uh, the Olympics. Which I agreed with. I think... Didn't he take a shot at, at the Arizona Coyotes, too, with, with a comment on the Tempe situation? Since we were just talking about that yeah, anyway. Yeah, but I think that was more because they were kind of busting shops. Like, they were doing something more, you know... In, oh, yeah, you know, what he said after after the announcement he said something something about the escrow yes that's what it was so, yes i mean and that's a serious issue and that's something yeah. that the players association is going to bring up with that but go, but sticking to the the inch issue and the conduct on the ice and how that impacts the islanders obviously they won't see brian marchand it was the canes or that not the coyotes canes, okay yep um then, then thank you everybody in the chat then i'm not on brad marchand's side and he should shut his silly mouth about that <laughs> Don't talk about the, the the successful Carolina Hurricanes organization like that just because you're from Boston and you're probably butthurt about the Whalers moving to a much better market than they, than they were in. So there's a Boston connection. I want to take a shot. Um, okay. But regardless, the Islanders don't see Brad Marchand for that game. That's a big plus. Also, the Islanders beat the Boston Bruins the last time they were in, in UBS Arena at in, in, in Elmont. Uh, right. Without Marshan on the ice as well, but that was more of a COVID, that was a I believe that was a COVID or an injury issue and not a uh, not any sort of suspension or, or issue like that. So uh, the Boston Bruins were also missing a couple other guys, but the Islanders could be in a position where if they can win a couple games here, um, you're looking at a game against Calgary that's going to be tough. Excuse yeah. me, uh, the game against Buffalo uh, shouldn't be shouldn't be, but we've seen them play. Down well, to their opponent. Uh, even, even The only blemish on the teams they should beat line <laughs> at, <laughs> was uh, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, everybody else they've been beating. But, so but that's, even a, if that's you, a game but, they should win. But that, with that being said, look what happened with Vancouver. Vancouver, a team they should beat, and they, they padded a, they padded the game with a five goal, four goals in the first period. But, I, I mean, Edmund, I mean Edmund, Vancouver made it interesting because they scored a couple goals in the second and third, and they made it yeah. a closer game than it should have been. So the Islanders aren't going to get the same five-goal padding or four-goal padding going into after one period in Buffalo, theoretically anyway. So they have to be better, and they have to play – um, to the level that we now know they're capable of doing, at least offensively, and then try and maintain that. And that's going to be the biggest key going into that Boston game and going into those games um, moving forward is that consistency. We've talked about it all year. It's it's still the number one issue the Islanders have is being consistent for a full 60 minutes. Yeah. Or even it's, 40 it's, minutes at this point. No, it's true. Even the wins haven't been pretty. The, even the ones that they've gotten, usually they, they've had to kind of win by the skin of their teeth. So, I mean, and that's why it's so hard to, to look at all these games in hand and say, ah, oh, no problem. They'll make that up because it's just been such a struggle for them. Yeah. And until they start beating a team like Calgary, I mean, that would that would inspire some confidence that they beat Calgary on Saturday. I mean, yeah, obviously that would be a get, big, big get through boost. Edmonton, get through Edmonton tonight. But if they can come away from Calgary with a win, that now you're you're, you're cooking with some fire there a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, that's the start of a mini turnaround. Because like we said, if, if they – can't get through this month with with at least some sort of success. I mean, you can pretty much write the season off because again, I've I alluded to it previously. March and April is just it's, brutal. Yes, absolutely it's brutal. Completely brutal. So if if they can pad some points now, not to say that they can afford to lose any games in March or April anyway, <laughs> but you know this is really kind of their their last chance. I think to to at least look somewhat in the mix. You know, I mean, it's yeah. funny they they got the win against Vancouver. And they gained two more points on Boston, and they also gained a game in hand. But the interesting thing is Washington may end up being the team 
for them to chase because they are they are nine they have nine games in hand on right. Washington and if they somehow manage to make up most of those points, they would only find themselves three points behind Washington. But you're also assuming, I guess, that Washington oh, it's a big... stops winning in the same time span. Right. Well, look, they the, the have that difference in games. If they happen to make those games up with a majority of wins, they draw them a little bit closer. Right. Boston now with Marchand out. and What is Boston? I'm going to look at Boston's schedule. You keep talking, but I'm curious. Yeah, sure, no they're... problem. But look... We we know the deal. We it's funny. We we keep kind of talking in circles with this. We know the <laughs> if deal. they do this, but if they don't do that, no, no. We need to fill an hour of content. So, I mean, we gotta we gotta <laughs> right. say stuff, of course. But yeah, I mean, you know, look. The good thing is they're still in it enough where all of us are gonna spend our Friday night watching the Islanders play the Oilers. Right? They're not far enough out where it's like, ah, oh, you know what? Let me let me work on something else. So get ready for the Super Bowl on Sunday, whatever the case may be. <laughs> so that's good, and that's what I hope for. I hope that they keep playing well enough to. You know, encourage us to keep watching, and and hopefully through the course of that, you see Wallstrom yeah. developing a little bit more. And Boston should win at least a couple of their upcoming games. They got yeah. two, uh, one on one on Saturday against Ottawa, one the following Saturday against Ottawa again with the Islanders and Rangers, um, sandwiched in between. Okay, those two games. So. Okay, well, the last item I'll I'll throw on tap for us here is we are going back to R.J. Daniels finally Sunday. February 27th, the Islanders will be playing the Ducks. That is an 8.30 start time. I know it's a school night right before a Monday, so we're probably going to get things started a little bit early. There's actually a, a nice little cluster of games going on that day, Sunday, so we'll probably get started early, throw some of those games on. We'll have the food and drink specials going early, and then we will do a pregame show from R.J. Daniels prior to... The Islanders and the Ducks, unfortunately or fortunately, whomever, you, you know, whatever you think here, but Christian won't be there. <laughs> Tony Stabile will be filling in on Sunday the 27th, so we're going to have some fun there. It's going to be nice to get back into R.J. Daniels after it's been a little bit, little while. We had that one show canceled right. when they were supposed to play the Rangers. So we'll be back in R.J. Daniels. Stay tuned on social media for more details about that. We'll have some fun. It will be a great time. Yeah. So, great planules. Great planules with RJ. That was What's on Tap, brought to you by RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right. That was What's on Tap. And because we have just under 15 minutes to go before puck drop, and we don't want to have you guys hanging on here, we're going to go right to a break. Then we will come back with the Hero of the Week, Ooh. sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels. So, folks, once again, Ooh. thanks so much for hanging out with us on this Friday night leading up to the Islanders-Oilers game on twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY. And, of course, later on on your favorite podcast providers, we will be right back. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal, and now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. 
ladies and gentlemen. What just happened? <laughs> when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week. Brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Half price hero, which this week is the Selly featuring grilled roast beef, sautéed onion, mushrooms, fresh, fresh mozzarella, on a toasted garlic hero. Get it for half off all week starting tomorrow. That is Saturday through next week where we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop on in. Mention Hockey Night New York for half-off the Selly. So, with that out of the way, Christian, one game to speak of. Who is your hero of the week? Zachary Parisi. Right to the point. Yeah, I'm not going to mince my words here. He had a goal in 16 minutes and 59 seconds of ice time and Considering the year Zach Parise has had, anytime he gets a goal, he should be automatically my hero of the week because it just doesn't happen that often. Well, and, and when you look at the Islanders the last couple games, he has uh, he has two points in those last three games, so he's he's being productive. He did say he was a second half player. That's true. <laughs> so maybe so that that's what we're seeing two now. Two goals now for him in the second half of the year. He's been well. It, it's actually technically not even the second oh, half well, of the year. The se- second. So just wait until we get there. Oh, <laughs> just boy. wait until Saturday Yikes. against Calgary. But yeah, so he's, he's four goals well. this year. He said two and two and I guess pre All Star. Or I he didn't even say pre All Star break because <laughs> I don't think he had two. He had three in pre All Star break. So is he really a second half player? I don't know. Well, we haven't gotten there yet, so we're gonna find out. But that's what he claims. But they, that's a good pick, Zach Parise. I went in a different direction. I'll okay. reveal his face now. That's one Casey Sezikis. Uh, big fan of his. Thought he had a good game against the Canucks. I loved the play that he made late in the game to set up Matt Martin on the forecheck. Took the puck away. Nice sauce pass over to Martin. He puts it in. He also had a goal himself that night. So Casey Sezikis, for me, the hero of the week. But you can't go wrong. Zach Parise, Casey Sezikis. Yeah. Heroes. Big time. Brought to you by the Blue Line, Deli and Bagels, half price here. Remember, you can get it half off all week. Just mentioned Hockey Night in New York. The Selly featuring grilled roast beef, sautéed onion, Sully. mushroom, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. And, a, and, of course, a reminder that this is only at the Huntington location, yes. Blue Line Deli. When it broadens out to the other ones, we'll let you know. Or at least the one in East yeah, Island. I can't imagine it'll broaden the out fact to the that they UBS don't, Arena. The fact that they don't serve the Selly in UBS Arena probably makes that a problem. <laughs> so that's, but there you have it, folks. Your heroes of the week. There they go. And now, Christian, did you prepare questions for questions, Bruin? Well, we got can, 10 minutes to I go here, I can only here, prepare them if people ask them. So reminder, if people need to throw questions. I saw a few going on in there. There were not. None that say questions, Bruin. There was a couple, and there was without the label. There was. You gotta go oh, here we go. T-Boyle, 13, asking, what are the Islanders giving up to get Connor McDavid? I didn't pre-screen these, so. Uh, T-Boyle, whatever, whatever the Islanders are giving up to, to get Connor McDavid is, won't be enough, I'm sure, because that is not going to happen. Uh, I hate to burst your bubble, but Josh Bailey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Bailey, a fifth. <laughs> and uh, Kiefer right. Bellis will not get the job done. No, in that no, uh, definitely not. In that deal, question brewing also from Tebow thirteen. Hopefully, this is a little more realistic. Do you see <laughs> Farley getting moved at the deadline, or more likely the summer? If again, I think we've talked about in past shows. Yeah. If it's going to happen, it's going to be at the. Uh, I think if it happens right now, it's going to be at the deadline. Considering the circumstances. if things continue to yeah. go the way they go, if things going, if yeah. the Islanders can't get things together, or if it looks like the season is just not going to be something that they can salvage or at least make a run and push there late in the game, then I've you know Sean and I have talked about Varlamov is going to be their most valuable piece. Where Sean and I different is just how valuable that piece is ultimately going to be, with with how. Other teams view him and, and what Varlamov can bring and what they're going to offer him because I just don't know if the market's as high as people tend to think it is for for Semyon Varlamov. Did you offer an opinion on what you think they could get for him? Because I know I said it first. Yes. What did you say? I don't think you did. I did not. I did not. You I purposely avoided answering that question. Oh, well, let's put you on the spot here, buddy. What do you think? No, I, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what what the what the offer would be. I don't know what they'd ultimately get. I don't think. I don't know if it'll be a first round pick. To be honest with you, maybe it's a couple second round picks. Um, and I, I just don't think people are going to be happy with whatever the haul is going to be. I mean, ultimately, because no one's ever happy at, at the trade deadline. The, regardless of how things shake out, and that's just human nature. But I'll, I'll, I also, too, I just don't think, looking back at the last couple of years, that it's going to be as high or, or, or people are going to be as, as excited about what, whatever could come up 
uh, as they have in past, uh, or what they, I guess, what their minds are anticipating that being. So, well, Christian, I got a question for you here on Questions Brewing. How upset were you when the Islanders waived Austin Danger Zarnik and he was subsequently claimed on waivers? I um I was heartbroken. I think one of the greatest <laughs> gags in hockey night in New York history is now property of, a, of the of the um Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken. Yeah. I'm excited for for him and and Jordan Eberle to be reunited. I'm sure they they missed each other <laughs> yeah, a lot. Big time. And uh I could see Austin Zarnick with with Jordan Eberle leading the Kraken to a late season push. <laughs> Oh boy! There actually <clears throat> was a decent amount of people on on Twitter that were upset that the Islanders let Zarnik get away. I mean, the thing is, Zarnik has been playing really well, and every time he's been in the lineup, he's been effective. He's created chances. You know what you're going to get, and he's one of those guys that I think goes out there and just does a lot of the the little the good things, um, the, the little things well, I should say. Mm. Um, and that's maybe why it was as surprising as it was that they put him on waivers, yeah. especially considering the circumstances with, with Paul Mary, I think, literally going on um, non-active, whatever, whatever the hell it's called now mm-hmm. because of, of um, you know, personal, uh, what was it, paternity leave or something like that that mm-hmm. was listed as the reason. So I was a little surprised by that, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, considering the circumstances. And I, I thought Zarnik was a, a valuable player that the Islanders could have got a lot of use out of. He put in five different situations. points up in 11 games. Not bad for a guy who doesn't get a lot of time. Zarnik wasn't the one that scored the first goal in UBS Arena history, was it? Or was it, it was a different player that came up that, that scored that day. I thought it was Brock Nelson. Was it Brock Nelson? I'm not 100%. I'm sure somebody in the chat knows better than we do. <laughs> but I don't think it was Zarnik. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, it was, was Mel Armenia back. confirms it was yeah. Brock Nelson. So my memory's not completely gone yet. Yeah. But Austin Zarnik, pour one out. Yeah. He's gone. Austin Danger Zarnik. Yeah. We have to retire the, the Is sound that button clip. still sound on there? Button. No. Oh, okay. It had to be reshuffled. It's, it's not on the soundboard right now. So good luck to you, Zarnik, over in Seattle. And that was yet another edition of Questions Brewing. Brought to you by was the second player. That's what I'm confusing with. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mel. You were close. You yeah. Were, you were Thank one, you, Mel. You were Appreciate one later. That. One later. One later. So yes, that was another edition of Questions Brewing. Brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company. And if you can see on your screen there, their fantastic new Born Rocker merch. Those hats are beautiful. I got to get me one of those. Got to speak to some people over there at Oyster Bay Very Brewing nice. Company. See about that. Yeah, Nelson. After a delay in review, DTMR zero seven. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we, you couldn't even celebrate right because it was. <laughs> I remember um, that now. Good call. Sounds about right for yeah. the Islanders. The way things have gone. So, but Austin Zarnick, second Islander to score ever in the history of UBS Arena, will now lead the Seattle Kraken along with Jordan Eberle and what I assume will be Matt Barzal in a year to, year or two to come. Right. Nailed it, Christian. You're on fire tonight. Absolutely. So before we wrap this up, now that we're... <laughs> he was the first player not named Brock Nelson to score. <laughs> Good job. Good job. That's exactly what I was saying. So as we hit under five minutes here, do you got a pick for Sunday? Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, so I thought you were going to say for tonight. I was like, ah. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday, I think the Cincinnati Bengals win their first. Yes. Win the, win, the, win the Stanley Cup or, All or whatever it is. The Vince Lombardi Trophy? Hey, See, I even that. know what that I is. I know it is. The Vince Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. Greatest know. trophy in sports. Like it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Bengals, let's go. Rams 27 to 21, Trottier 19. Interesting. He's probably got a lot of money on that score. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the case, Trottier 19, I will pull for you to win so you don't lose money. All, all the luck to you, indeed. So I think we got to wrap it up because, let's face it, folks, puck drop is in less than four minutes. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on a special pregame edition on a Friday night of yeah. Hockey Night in New York, thanks so much for checking us out at twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY and, of course, on your favorite podcast providers. A huge thanks to Andrew Gross of Newsday for joining us. And, of course, a huge thanks to our sponsors, RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center, the best place to catch the Isles when you can't make it to the game. And don't just go for the Isles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late-night bar scene. They have it all. A huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, an official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. 
A huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TaiTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And a big thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York and get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. If you enjoy the show, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast providers. Tell your friends, spread the word. Follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night on Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Christian, who's winning tonight? Islanders will win tonight. Score. 3-2. 3-2, folks. Islanders are taking this one according to Christian Arnold. Thanks so much for tuning in. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuppert. We've been Hockey Night in New York, and we'll see you next week. Happy 50th anniversary, Nassau Coliseum. Happy 50th.